I literally was a bartender. I was living in North Carolina. I hated my life. And I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I had a degree. I didn't have debt, which I was lucky about. I was fortunate about that because especially since I worked all the way through college. So I was fine there, but I was like bartending. I was like, this sucks, man. And I was like, what am I going to do? There are no rules. No rules. You're listening to Degree Free on the Degree Free Network, where we talk about how to teach yourself, get work, and make money. No degree needed. Here are your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Maruyama. Maruyama. Aloha, folks, and welcome back to Degree Free, where we teach you how to get hired. No degree needed. We are your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Maruyama. It is great to have you guys back. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are stoked to have you back on the podcast with us as always. And if you want to learn how to get hired degree free, no degree needed, you are going to want to run, not walk over to degreefree.co forward slash newsletter to sign up for our weekly newsletter that is going to help you do that. And we are super excited because today we are doing something completely different, something completely new. We went a little crazy. We are experimenting with a new format of the podcast. Usually what happens, a little peek behind the curtain of how we do these episodes is we kind of get listener feedback plus our own ideas and we come up with a bunch of topics and then we just do research on these topics and fill out an outline. I mean, there is a, like a lot of preparation that goes behind it, but normally it's not almost formal, but it's just one topic, right? Like our episodes are like, one topic, one topic, one topic. It's like a book report. It feels like a book report. And so what we wanted to do was something a little bit different. We're doing more of a variety show style. There's a little bit of news in here, a little bit of things that both of us have seen. What's nice about this for us is that usually when we come in here to record the episodes, we have both already looked at the outlines and we've already like, okay, that's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to talk about. Whereas in this episode, it's kind of fun for both of us because other than the headlines here, I haven't read or discussed any of the things that we're going to talk about with you. So you found some things and I found some things and we haven't discussed that yet. And so we're going to talk about it in the show and uh, hopefully you guys like it. If you guys have any feedback on this episode, definitely let me know connect with me on LinkedIn, send me a note and just be like, Hey, I really liked that episode or I really hated it. Right. And then tell me what, you, and then don't just do that and tell me what you hated and tell me what you liked. That's more helpful. And then uh, I think what's fun about these two uh, that we were trying to capture is that Ryan and I live and breathe this stuff. And so most of the time in our house, it's he and I finding headlines like this and going, oh, can you believe that? How how unbelievable is this? Wait, what are they doing? What's going on? And we talk about this kind of stuff all day. And so that's what kind of what we're trying to capture in this episode too, is like our normal day-to-day -day conversations where we talk about the stuff that's going on and how it affects the degree-free movement and how it affects people who are trying to get jobs without buying degrees. And that's what we're going to bring to you right now. Absolutely. We're really trying to make this podcast for you folks and make it really good. So like I said, feedback is always welcome. And without any further ado. All right. So I wrote this headline. This is the first headline. It is crazy town, record hiring and mass layoffs at the same time time. So if you have been on LinkedIn, and I know you, Ryan, have been on LinkedIn lately, but if you've been on LinkedIn lately, all you cannot scroll LinkedIn without seeing extremely long, extremely dramatic posts from tech workers who have been laid off of their jobs. I am not unsympathetic to this, but they are very, very long and very, very um, 
yeah, there's a lot of emotions, things are running high, people are bearing a lot of things, people are talking a lot about a lot of things, they're trashing a lot of tech companies for laying them off. And something that's interesting is that the amount of layoff posts I've seen, it seems like everybody's losing their jobs, right? And then it's also, it's I'm sure it's clickbait too, because it's all the, you know, tech layoffs, mass tech layoffs, like tech sector, you know, decimated, a recession, everything like that. But if you look on LinkedIn, it looks like everybody and their mother have all been laid off. What the numbers say, though, is that that is not what happened. So U.S. employers cut 100,000 jobs in January. Okay, that's a lot. It's not a little bit. It's quite a few. But they also added over half a million different jobs. So Boeing, for instance, is hiring 10,000 people. Chipotle just announced plans to hire 15,000 people. And then obviously the trades are really suffering, right? Nobody can find an HVAC tech. Nobody can find electricians. Nobody can find plumbers. It's probably common knowledge now, but there's about to be a massive trade shortage as all of the boomers who are, as all of the boomers and uh, Gen Xers, that's the ones below it. I have no idea. Anyway, people over 40 who are in the trades, they are retiring and they're retiring and there's not enough skilled people to take their places. And because of that, we are at great risk for not having enough tradespeople. So tradespeople, a lot of tradespeople are making six figures right now because there's only so many people with the hands to do what they can do. Now, not only that, the airlines, all of the airlines, which we know because last year, I think it was mid last year, but all of the airlines dropped. Delta was the last holdout. Every single commercial airline in the US has dropped their degree requirements. If you want to be a pilot and you thought you needed a college degree to do it, you do not. Just thought that should be said, but there is not a single airline now that requires a college degree in order to fly a plane, which makes sense because a piece of paper is not going to help you fly a plane. You know what's going to help you fly a plane? What? Experience flying (laughs) planes. You know, that seems really unrealistic because do you really want somebody who's uneducated flying a plane? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, it makes sense that they're dropping it because becoming a pilot and going to flight school is in and of itself expensive, costly of both time and money. And so there are a lot of pilots out there that do not have college degrees because they opted to literally go a different route. Right. And so they went and they picked up a skill that for a lot of places, it could cost the same amount of money per year as college. So then why are they going to go to college? Like they already know how to do their skill. Yeah. But if they can't appreciate a Jackson Pollock painting, how are they supposed to put that puppy on the ground? (laughs) That's really what I need to know. I need all of my pilots to have a thorough appreciation for 19th century feminist literature. It's very important. (laughs) I can't get on that plane unless I know. So I kind of wanted to cut in here. I'm not sure where, where, what your point is or where you're going with that, but I did want to cut in and just say, you know, the thing about the LinkedIn and seeing it everywhere and the reason why it's pervasive, I mean, there's a couple of things. One, if it bleeds, it leads, right? And so it's, it's news. And so they're not going to report on everybody's doing fantastic because negative news does better than positive news. And then not only that, but LinkedIn is such a, there's not a lot of creators on LinkedIn. There are not a lot of people that are creating content and putting content out in the world because it's a professional forum. You sit listening to this. When's the last time that you posted on LinkedIn? And I, I know for a lot of people, it's going to be 
never, right? Or every once in a while, or the answer is when I'm looking for a job, right? And then what a lot of people do, what most people do on LinkedIn is they want to show off for their boss and they just want to like, okay, I am here. I have a personal connection with all of these people. I'm just going to comment. And what what's happening is when these people are getting laid off, they're making these laid off posts so that there's more visibility that they're looking and they're open to work. And then other people comment on it. And the way that LinkedIn works is more common to all social media, but especially LinkedIn, if you comment on it, it's going to show it to all of your followers and all of your connections. So it will help them so, get more exposure. But li- literally due to that social network aspect and that social web, you're starting to see those posts more often. All right. Well, because I, I do remember you were telling me about about the way LinkedIn still works like that, which is funny. This is kind of a this is kind of off to the side. But is it meta that does not work like that anymore? Or didn't? Well, I mean, TikTok doesn't work like that. But but Meta no longer works on who you know. Yeah, I think well, they're they're trying or they tried, but I don't. I'm not sure. I know that from TikTok, you just look at their their algorithm. It doesn't matter how many followers you have. By the way, you guys should all follow us on TikTok. Yeah, we're fun on there. At degree free. Spicy. Yeah, but it doesn't matter how many followers you have on there. If you make good content, you that content gets served to other people. Whereas like Facebook and Instagram, they've become more paywalls and walled gardens. You have to pay to play. Like the organic reach on those things are very, very low. But LinkedIn, if you're commenting, you now get shown to whoever it was that interacted with your post. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Good to know. Well, folks, if you're looking to strategically get a job after being laid off, maybe commenting on people's posts is a good way to do that. So in that vein, I have some theories about why it's been so why this group of people has been so loud or why it seems I think maybe a better way to phrase it would be I have some opinions I have some theories about what's going on with the with the tech layoffs and people have asked about this on TikTok too but I think and it definitely seems to me that this group of people were HR recruiters marketing basically excess on technical teams right they had overstaffed product people they had over they had overstaffed operations people um, basically anybody who's a cost center and you don't need recruiters in a down market because you're not hiring you don't need hr in a down market because you're not onboarding people and so they get cut a lot of i'm sure a lot of people disagree with me on that but it's just it's just the way people cut people when the market goes down the thing is the argument there is that you in order to run a company well like an amazing company you need amazing people and that's definitely 100 true the point is that yeah those things are cost centers i mean if you're not hiring people why do you need recruiters? Yeah, they're the first ones to go. I mean, maybe it's not fair. Maybe it is. I don't know. You know what I mean? But like, just logic that out. It's like, well, your your job is to hire people, to find people to put into the pipeline, to hire them and to create these amazing teams. But we're having literally exactly the opposite of that problem. We have too many of you and we need to cut people. And it happens. It's just things go up, things go down as much as that's not maybe a consolation for people. But it, I will say if you are in HR or you are in marketing or you are a recruiter, you th- now is a good time to skill up. You know, when you get laid off, immediately after you get laid off, you should be you should be learning a new skill. That way, the next time this happens to you because it will happen to all of us at one point or another in this type of in the US, in this job market, it's going to happen to you. You're going to get laid off at some point, probably. And so you just need to be ready for that to happen so that you're okay when it does. There's that saying or people, there's advice going around that 
people say, oh, well, take time for yourself, slow down. No. You know, <laughs> I think it literally exactly the opposite. I think get out there, start applying, get another job. Well, you know what, too? What happens is I think a lot of people do that, though, because um, I talked to a few people that did get laid off, just checking in with folks that said, hey, you know, do you need do you need any help? And they said, oh, I'm just taking a little time off. And I was like, oh, OK, well, so if you're listening to this and you just got laid off, something that you might want to think about is the fact that it seems like a lot of people are going to take a month to two months to three months off. And uh, that means in three months, everybody's going to be looking for a job. In two months, everybody's going to be looking for a job. There's a narrow window where maybe most people are going to be like, I'm going to rest. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to think. And that's fine. But you, if you want to get in, go look now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, get ahead of that crowd because they're all going to be there. Okay, so my last theory is I think, and this went a little bit crazy on TikTok, but I think that, and I said this last year, I said that college graduates have a very small closing window to leverage their degrees. And if they don't, they are going to be at risk of competing with degree-free people who have upskilled. That is what is happening. They are laying off new grads, I think. I think that they are laying off, and we'll talk more about this in this episode, but they're laying off new grads, and I think they're laying off millennial graduates as well. The reason is because they hired a bunch of people during COVID and all of the craziness. They hired them at a premium, and what's happened since then is a different a different workforce, the degree-free workforce, has started upskilling and learning the exact same skills, but they're willing to take what is now the accurate market value for that skill set. And so companies are going to cut college graduates who need to make more money because they have to pay their student loans, they're going to cut those people and they're going to hire cheaper. You know, a lot of people, when we bring this up, as far as I have no idea if you're correct or not. It's just a theory. Yeah, I know someone was like, where's your evidence? I'm like, uh, do you know what a theory is? Yeah, I have no idea whether or not you're correct. But I know that whenever people hear that, okay, degree free people on average get paid less than college people, they're like, oh, that's exploitation, right? So that, well, you should get a degree to- Avoid being exploited. Avoid getting exploited. You should pay $100,000 to work the same job to avoid being exploited. Right, exactly. But then, <laughs> but the pay increase that you get- is so marginal. It's marginal. It doesn't make financial sense to go into four years of time debt and then hundreds of thousands, if not 100,000 plus dollars of actual debt to get a 10% increase on a $40,000 base. It doesn't make any sense. Can you imagine thinking it's that you're being exploited if you just go get a job, but you're not being exploited if you first have to spend $100,000 and then go get the literally the exact same job? That's just so hilarious to me. It's like they just don't think the next step down the road. It's like, it's the same job. I'm saying Saying that they're going to, you two are going to be competing for the same job, but you're going to have a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt and they're not. And that is the reason why college grads make more quote unquote, I think, I think they ask for more because they have to, because they have to, and then they turn down other opportunities. Oh, whoa. That's interesting. I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. Whereas degree free people they can take whatever opportunity comes their way. Exactly. And then especially for entry level roles, right? Like especially for entry level roles, because you'll just take anything. You're 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah. And 40, 40 grand at that age is great. Yeah, exactly. And you don't, you don't have any debt for most people, at least at that, at that. Yeah. You're starting off with a blank slate. Yeah. You might have like minor, you might have like a car 
you might have like a, well, nowadays used cars are expensive, but you know, you might have like a $7,000 used car loan. But anyway, moving on. Do you have anything else to say on that topic? I do not. I do not. I thought that was interesting though. Definitely. That is very interesting. I kind of wanted to move on to, I have a couple of things. One of them is actually not really related to this, but it's actually related to this podcast. I, like I said, it would be really great if you guys could review our podcast. I read all of them. Uh, because there's not that very many. There's literally thousands of people that listen to this podcast. I know it because I can see the numbers and I ask every week to give a review and nobody does it. There's like 22 people that, that have left a review on, on, on Apple podcasts. Uh, thank you to all those people that have done it, but I'm going to read this gem <laughs> from a year ago. Guys, also, okay, sorry, before Ryan gets to this, if you, I've, we've had an idea for a while that maybe we should do like an episode that's, that's like mean tweets, um, but instead it'll be mean TikTok comments. Let us know if you want us to do that. Carry on, Ryan. So this is from like a year ago, at least or more from Conswell. I have no idea who that is, but it doesn't matter. Four star review. So guys, we have to get five stars to drown this four star out. Good info, but dot, dot, dot. More Hannah, less Ryan, please. No offense, but she is just a better speaker <laughs> and gets the point across efficiently and eloquently. <laughs> Perfect. It's <laughs> just I'm right on. Dying. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey, you know what? Was it back then that you were asking for honest reviews? Hey guys, give us dishonest reviews. Yeah, I don't want. <laughs> you know what? No. <laughs> I don't want, you're absolutely right. I don't want honest <laughs> reviews. Guys, five stars. Guys, guys, go leave a review. Tell Ryan that his beard looks fantastic what's and that he's the best speaker. What's hilarious about that for me was that if that person is still listening, which I I hope you are, Conswell. Yeah. I hope you are. Thank you for taking time out of your day to review it. Absolutely. And four stars isn't that bad. I just thought it was funny. It is funny. What's funny about that is that we literally went in the opposite direction. For those people it's the Ryan show. listening to this podcast right now, they haven't heard your voice for, well, we have an episode last week together, but after, before that, for a long time, because I'm doing the interviews now too. So I just thought that- I'm a guest on this podcast. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Anyway, I wanted to- talk about hiring being really risky for companies. And so right now we've been doing a lot of work for the past you know, few months. We've talked to a lot of you guys, got on phone calls, got feedback about the different things that you guys are struggling with when trying to make those big career changes and career transitions. And we got it all together and we've been working. We're going to have our first course for everybody that's looking to make career changes in their life. If you guys will want to learn more about that, go to degreefree.co forward slash career change. We've been working on this for like six months, by the and way. And you can learn all about- <laughs> Pretty excited. Yeah. But in the research for this and in the preparation for this course, one of the things that I found interesting was that a lot of people don't understand how risky it is for companies to hire people or how expensive it is for companies to hire people, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So I just kind of wanted to go through some of the things from a company perspective, right? So from the company's perspective, they have recruiters and those, those can either be internal or external, right? Internal, you have to actually pay their salaries like we were just talking about, right? If they're, they're the first to go because they're not hiring people. But then external, 
they can pay up to like 25% of your salary that you negotiate with these people. I did not know it was that high. And so it's super expensive. I mean, I think it's like 10 to 25, depending on the recruiter and the agency and or, or anything like that. And, and I'm sure that they're lower. There's also flat fee recruiters too. Just it's kind of very similar to the real estate market, right? There's like assets that need to be sold, right? It's just like any market. Yeah, people's labor. And then there's the prices that the companies have to pay for the job board. There's background checks. You know, according to certain sources, depending on where you look on the internet, it costs about $98 every day, a loss in productivity. And a job opening stays open for 36 to 42 days. Okay. On average. On average, it costs about $4,700 to fill roles. So also, I did want to say here that those numbers are a little skewed because that includes C-suite executives. If you, so and like those can get up to like 15 grand, right? So the average is skewed a little bit, but if you control those out, it's more like 1500. And then it takes like 30 minutes, two hours to schedule like interviews, right? And so that's like all of the collective time of the back and forth to schedule an interview. But as we know, that's stretched over weeks and months and everything like that. But then there's actually the training that you have to do after you get hired. Some surveys say that it takes up to six months before you as a new hire start being productive in your role. It's much more, it's also much riskier for companies to hire W-2 workers just because of all the benefits and all of the background checks, unemployment, all of all of that. And then it's also a lot of people don't want to hire W-2 workers because it's much more difficult to get rid of you at the same time. And so they prefer contractors. And that's why it's so much easier to get hired as a contractor. And I, and I know a lot of people that have never, a lot of people that are listening to this, they want to get work in like tech roles or at a tech company or some place that you can work remotely. And a lot of those companies are switching to contracting roles. And, and you'll see when you interview for these different roles, like if you're interviewing for the same job, same job title, same responsibilities, but there's a W-2 and there's a contracting, normally eight times out of 10, the contracting is going to move along much quicker. You're going to go from prospect to applying to hired, you know, maybe a couple of weeks where maybe it would take a few weeks with W-2 to a few months, depending on how high your role is. Yeah. It can take forever. Sorry. So that's a long way of saying that it's super expensive and it's super risky to hire people, especially if you are applying to W-2 roles. You just got to kind of know that. So what does it all mean for you? You want to find every opportunity to tell the company that you understand that it's risky. Yeah. Like you're going to be there. You're in it for the long haul. Like you're committed. You're going to be there, going to show up and you're not going to go anywhere. You're worth the investment basically. And that you're going to start contributing right off the bat, right? Like you're going to literally jump in there and take the bull by the horns and do work, start contributing to the team as much as you can. And then, but okay, well, how do you do that? I guess, right? And so in an interview, you could literally just say it, uh, right? Like you could just say it at the end. Yeah. Like if, like at the end, if you have any questions or comments or concerns or whatever, you know, or some way that you could figure out how to work it in. You'd be like, I know that hiring is expensive and risky, but if you do, do hire me, I'll get to work quick and do everything that I can to start contributing to this company and to the goals of which we talked about earlier. Yeah. Make money, make sales, save time, whatever it is. And what this will do is it just kind of shows that 
you have a deeper understanding of the business or of hiring at a deeper level, you're capable of like deeper thoughts. And you're also capable of putting yourself in their shoes and you understand like, okay, well, this guy gets it, right? Like they kind of, he kind of gets it. He sees like, okay, well, it's not all about him. He's kind of concerned about the company as well. Yeah, because I think that there's a lot of people that don't really, I, and I, it's it's definitely the fault of our school system because we're just not taught how business works and how it runs, which is kind of weird considering how many businesses there are in the U.S. and how like business focused the U.S. is. We really should be taught the basics of business, but we're not. But yeah, just just knowing that it's expensive and risky for companies to outlay money, and so part of you getting hired is convincing them that you're worth that risk. Yep, absolutely. Now, speaking of people who were not worth the risk, <laughs> this one is going to light some people's hair on fire. Amazon paid college graduates not to hire them. This happened a few months ago, and Amazon paid college graduates who they had offered jobs to $13,000, regardless of, in quotes, whether or not they offered them the job later or not, to delay hiring them until next year. So the reason I think that they did this is because they are not going to hire these people at all. And the reason I think they're not going to hire them at all is because they graduated from college. And so because of that, they expect a wage premium. And Amazon is instead going to pull from applicants who either don't have degrees and will, as I said, will take the market value for their salary or they'll or they'll pull from their own apprenticeship programs, which they have been very aggressively expanding. I think that that is, that is the lay of the land, I think. And this is my theory, right? So to that person who's going, how do you know this? I don't. It's just what I think is going on. Because I do think, um, and I linked an article here actually about college graduates and how inaccurate they, how inaccurate their salary expectations are. Oftentimes they're off by 50%. So like you said, they, they ask high, which is good, right? You should always ask high. Everybody should ask high. But college graduates ask much higher. And because of that, they are not the ideal job seeker in this market, right? You want to get people at a bargain. You do not want to get them at a premium because that is tough on your business. Not only that, and I linked I linked an article here too, where I found that a New Hampshire professor has been studying basically entitlement of college graduates. Interesting that he would be a professor studying this, but uh, he is. And he has actually gone so far as to suggest, and, and, and I say this because I say this because it needs to be said. So it's understandable that grads are unhappy with um, how much they're getting paid. I just saw a TikTok about this girl complaining about her pay, complaining about working. And it's because she's been told to expect something that is literally not there. And so for that reason, if someone says, hey, there's going to be, when you get home, there is going to be a seven course meal. The kitchen's going to be clean. Like your house is going to smell like apple cinnamon and whatever, whatever. And you get home and your house is dark and there's a sink full of dirty dishes. And instead there's no food in the fridge except for like a moldy piece of bologna. Okay. Like now you're, you're, you're disappointed because you were told that there's this pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And instead it's just not even there. And instead of not even being a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, it's just debt. So these grads are very dissatisfied, right? And so because of that, they are not as happy at work. And because they're not as happy at work, they turn over faster. And that makes sense, right? If you're unhappy at your job, you're going to leave your job. That's that that makes sense. And so what this professor suggested doing was he said that this is so widespread and such a problem for employers. He has suggested and formulated an entitlement screening. He suggests that businesses need to screen for, for entitlement mentality in their in the people that they are interviewing. Pretty crazy. That's interesting. That's crazy. 
We're going to link to everything that she just talked about that at degreefree.co slash podcast. So you guys can check all of that out as well. You know, what about the entitlement part of that, that totally makes sense. One, both of the things that you said about college, at least in my experience and the college grad expectation is accurate. One, even if you do your research on the different salary expectations for you know, your major, all of those things, one, they're wrong, right? Because they're widely self-reported and, you know, I make a million dollars, right? Like, okay, right on check. I mean, that's crazy, right? Like, okay. So that, that's, that's one thing, but then also it doesn't take into account like individual experience and the demand for your skills. Like just because you go to college doesn't mean that you have work experience. It doesn't mean that companies are going to want to hire you now that you have a degree. You still have to go out there, bust your ass and gain experience. In a lot of ways, it's harder than the degree-free path because the degree-free path, you still have to do the same thing too. That's true. I used to think, or I'm kind of thinking about it. I'm not sure where I've landed on this yet, But I think that college is easier in many ways than going the degree-free path because you go to college. I'm speaking from experience. I'm speaking from myself. You go to college. You don't have to think about it. You look at these dumb charts, you know, and you'd be like, okay, well, I expect to make 80 grand right out of college. You know what I mean? 21 years old. Yeah, right on. I'll be an econ major. I'll be a uh, business major, whatever. Business majors are some of the most unrealistic ones. Yeah. Well, because they think they're smart. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, you've been, you've been, you've been in college and you'd be like, I've been learning stats, bro. I'd be like, come on, dude. Do you have to say bro at the end of that? Yeah. (laughs) It's like this. And so after you look at those charts, you're just like, okay, well, I'm just going to follow that path and then I'm going to go get a job. Okay. So if that were true, that would be a lot easier. And it would be worth it. Probably. Yeah. And then, you know, but then degree free, you not only have to trudge the path, which college people do, right? I mean, that's what getting your degree is and everything that you're trudging a path, but you have to navigate as well. You have to figure out which path you're going to take. And so not only do you have to trudge your path, but you have to navigate at the same time. And those two things are more difficult than college. But like I said, I don't know. I've, I've, I'm starting to think that going to college is harder. I really feel for, and you and I have talked about this, but like, I really feel for people who, who went and they just thought that they were doing what they were supposed to do. And then the college just said, yeah, 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 you're going to make, that's how much you're going to make. You're going to make, you're going to make a hundred thousand dollars. If you get this, if you get this bachelor's degree, you are made in the shade. And then their college professor who hasn't stepped off campus in approximately 43.8 years. And it's just like, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, this is a great job to go into. This is a great field to go into. You're going to have a bright future, bright future. And then they get out into the real world and they're like, holy crap, this sucks. And I have to pay, and my, and my student loan payments are so much. You know, it just sucks. For people listening, if you guys have an opinion about it, like I said, my mind's kind of open. Connect with me on LinkedIn and kind of send me a message. You know what I mean? Let let me know what you think, whether or not it's, if you're degree free and whether or not you think that's easier than, you know, just kind of going to college and getting a job. I don't know. Just send me your opinions. I'd like to know. Yeah. I'd like to know that too. Cause I, I definitely see what you mean too. I think it's, it's easier in some ways. It's, it's hard to tell which one's easier. I, like I said, I'm starting to lean 
where it's actually harder to go to college because you're in debt, right? Like you're, you're, you're in debt. You just wasted four years of your life and you have all of this, like you said, I, I don't like that word entitlement, but I, but I understand what he's saying. And I'm trying to think of like another way to say it. The only way that I can think of saying it is like you have high expectations, right? And that's like, I think to put the word entitlement on it is kind of derogatory yeah. towards college graduates. And so I think that a much better word is maybe expectations, like I was saying, but even that, Anyway, doesn't matter. Well, no, part of the article though was so when he was talking about when he was talking about entitlement, what he's actually saying is um is is a little deeper even than just expectations of work. He said that he wants he thinks employers need to screen for people who think that they are superior to their coworkers because of their education, literally because of their degree. <laughs> um because it's such a problem. That's funny. He's like, yeah, he's he gave us there was a list of questions that he's like, yeah, you should ask these questions, like ask them you know, ask them if they think that they are, if, if, ask them if they think that they're better than their coworkers and why that is, you know, a, th he's asking them to, because they're being, I'm, I'm assuming it's because he's run into enough situations where people just think that they're, and people, this is, if anyone listens to this and has been on with us on TikTok since the very get go, but like there was a, there was a comment early on in our TikTok where someone just said like people quizlet through college and then think they're the intellectual elite, which I think, <laughs> <laughs> the funniest comment every time i still think about it sometimes and it makes me laugh um and someone quoted it a, a couple months ago i was like hey remember that quizlet <laughs> comment i was like oh yeah i do every day there is a lot of truth to that as well because i was that way you know i had a rude awakening when i got out into the job market after college i had zero job prospects i had zero real world experience, really. I mean, I was a bartender. I think I was a bartender at least, or I was a bar back at least. I was working my way up to bartender, but I did never had any like office experience. I mean, I guess I had an internship in college, but I sucked at it. I literally did my internship. I don't know. I don't think I've ever told the story on this on my. And so, so I feel a little bad because I because I just said I didn't have any office experience, so I lied, and then I was like, oh, well, I didn't have an internship, but let me. Yeah, yeah, but let me but let me tell you why I don't consider that. One, it was my job. I was a commercial credit analyst, right? That's what I did for my internship. I'm sorry, I'm asleep. Yeah, and <laughs> I was supposed to look at companies' financial statements and and analyze it and just really just do it was kind of actually biatch work and but like you do need a little bit of accounting knowledge and everything like that. Anyway, doesn't matter. I was terrible at this job. I was terrible, but also I, I worked full-time in college. So I worked full-time and my last semester in college, I took more classes than normal. So I worked full-time, I took more classes than normal and I had this internship. And so like I did one, I didn't, I was like, my, my accounting's terrible, right? Which is funny because I became an accountant later. You did, at a flight school actually for anyone listening. And so I did that. And I fell asleep in meetings because I was working full time, right? I was bartending. You're so tired. And I was tired, right? So I'd go to school and then I, later on I would go to this internship and I was falling asleep on like the Wednesday weekly meeting. And anyway, long story short, the reason why I don't consider this is because of how many times they told me how crappy I was. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then I went, I had... I had the balls to literally, like, there was, they were hiring for 
a full-time analyst position, not an internship. They were hiring a full-time analyst position at the time that my internship was ending. Okay. I was just like, oh, what a coincidence. I'm already here. <laughs> <laughs> no, They'd this be is, crazy this not is, to take advantage of this proximity. Uh, this is where this is literally where they're gonna put the next person, like in this full time role. And uh, I was just like, perfect. I'm gonna go let my boss know that I'd like to interview for the role. I walk into his office whenever I set up the meeting, right? And this, this is like not this is not my direct report, right? Like this is like the manager of the floor that we were on, right? So I've interviewed, I interviewed with this guy. I haven't spoken to him really since. We've seen past each other in the hall and everything like that. I don't know that I've ever heard the story. I don't think I've ever told it because it's <laughs> terrible. And he goes, I walk into his room and he's just like, so they say you want, like you want to stick on, like you want a job? And they're like, I say, yeah, I think you're, hi you're hiring. And uh, for like my exact position, I already know how to do it. And uh, I'm like trained, I've been here for like four months. And he's just like, do you really, he's like, do you really think that like, that's a good idea? What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Uh, I was like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Before walking to this room, I did. But did not, you say that? Now that you said it, and I, I honestly, I forget what I said. Oh I think my god! I was shocked, and I and I literally. I would I think give I some money to hear that conversation. I literally was just like, yeah, I thought it was a good idea. I, I mean, <laughs> and he just like, he's like, yeah, yeah. So, so okay. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Okay. And the conversation was like over yeah i mean it was like five minutes long not even it was like and what's funny about that is because like i actually we did an episode before and you guys can go I've back and listen i've never heard that story and i've heard all your stories i've never heard that story. you can go back and listen to the worst interview of my life and <laughs> that was not it oh right my, even though oh that like God. obviously oh that God. interview was pretty freaking bad <laughs> i've never heard this story i'm dying is that, so do you, you really think that's a good idea you think that's a good idea <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I did two minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I left. That was a really long story of just like, I left college without, you know, job prospects and without knowing anything. And I expected to make $70,000 a year. Or I think it was like 78 at the time. Right. I'll tell you what I ended up getting paid six months later when I was after applying and applying and applying and applying. I got paid thirty one thousand dollars. All of these online calculators, all of these graphs and glass door or whatever it was at the time, all of those things were telling me that I was going to make like in the sixty to eighty thousand dollar range entry level starting. You know what I mean? And I didn't I didn't even get paid half of that. Right. Or I got paid half of that thirty one thousand. And my story is not unique. Like I literally had an interview with the chief economist of ZipRecruiter, Julia Pollack, and her, you know her and I are very similar in age, and she's much smarter than I am, right? I mean, like, and she like I think she went to Harvard, uh, not I think she went to Harvard, but like I'm just trying to remember which degree she got from Harvard. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean, and so like, and she, I think she got paid like thirty seven, thirty six out of college. Whoa, whoa. 
the Ivy, we'll, we'll talk about this at some point soon, but the Ivies are not, the Ivy Leagues are not what people think they are. Just so, just so people know. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. And I wanted to do one quick one before we go. We have a bunch more that we want to talk about. Like I said, for everybody, if you guys like this format, then leave us a message, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn and send me a note and just let me know if you liked it or if you didn't, if you didn't like it. I personally, as of while we're doing it, I like it much more because it's actually a conversation. And this actually is a lot closer to the way that you and I speak on a regular basis. Although the thing about what we do is we also try to educate as well and try to get certain things out there be useful to you exactly and so let me know if this was useful but the last thing that i want to talk about real quick before we run out of time is that we got a question asked by michelle and so thank you for asking she asked via linkedin message so once again connect with me on linkedin and give me a message if you have any uh questions or anything like that that's the best way to get a hold of me the question was basically about what is a realistic timeline for finding a new job? And I think I didn't plan this, but you know, you, you, you kind of talked about the layoffs and everything like that. I didn't, I didn't know what you were going to talk about first. And so this kind of lines up perfectly, right? Where I think I'm not really sure what her question was about. So I'll kind of attack it from two different angles from the January report uh, from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. The unemployment duration is an average 19.1 weeks, and the median is 8.4 weeks. So with all the layoffs happening and people without a job, if you're applying right now and you're slogging through it, I just want you to know that like you're not alone, and it takes time to get hired, like I said you know the average right there. That's what we talk about all the time, which is kind of just knowing your numbers and knowing, okay, it's a hundred applications to get one interview, even though that's not accurate. That's just the mindset that we always have. And so if you're if it's on average 19 weeks to get hired, if you're still within a few weeks, hey, you're in good company, right? Like I know it sucks. I know it sucks, but it just takes one yes. And we know, we know it shouldn't be like that. And we don't think it should be like that, but it is much better to know how things are and be realistic about them so that you don't get discouraged and bogged down as you are going through trying to get a new job because it is very stressful. And we, we've both been there. We know it is tough. And so you kind of know, like if you were to get laid off unexpectedly, you kind of have to hit the pavement. We've kind of talked about that already. Start applying, get out there, get a new job. Okay. But how long does it take to find like a new career? That's kind of what I wanted to talk about because a lot of people that are listening to this show, they already have career experience, right? They're in one career or they're in a job, right? They're kind of similar to myself, like bartender, right? And you're just wondering, like, how do I make that transition out of it? And so how long does that take? Just kind of talk about it again. The we are doing our cohort for our career change crash course. You can find out more about that at degreefree.co slash career change, where we're going to be helping you make these huge career transitions. But, you know, just kind of talk about your story a little bit. You went from making $28,000 at a call center and then you got laid off literally due to COVID yeah. and we didn't have any money we were depending on that money coming in 
because I, I think at the time I was still in sales or maybe I was a recruit in the fire department or something like that. And so I wasn't making a lot of money either. And in 31 days, you got a Salesforce admin certification and then you got a job that paid 70 or $75,000 a year. I forget which one it was. 70, yeah, yeah 70, 40 work week. Yeah, 40 work week, $70,000 a year. And so it it is possible. Yeah, it's not only possible, people do it all the time. And that is, um, I just saw, I just saw a stat that one in three uh, recent people who, uh, people who recently got jobs said that it was because they learned a new skill and then that skill is what got them their new job. Yeah, the basis of all of that, you know, kind of talking about skills, the basis of all of that, the reason why you were able to do that transition quickly is because you were, you did how to find a job backwards, right? Yes. You, you went to the job that you wanted, which is like a Salesforce admin. That's what you heard. You didn't know. Like I, think I saw boss, a comment on Reddit. Right, exactly. And my boss had said something about it. Yeah, exactly. And so you identified that skill and then you saw that people were paying, you know, whatever it is that you wanted to get paid for that skill. And then you went and learned that skill, right? And so we have a whole episode of how to do that. If you guys want to learn more about that, you can, just, you can go back in the podcast and listen to that. So I won't belabor it here, but that is exactly what you have to do, right? Like when you're trying to make that career transition, whether or not you're like a security guard at night or whether or not you're in construction or whatever, the first thing is identify the job that you're looking for and then identify the skills that you need to learn in order to get those jobs. And I think that something that's worth saying too is, and, and we're bringing it back around to the beginning, right? Which is all these layoffs and people taking their taking their time, getting back into the job search. If you, you know, as soon as you get that red notice or whatever it is, as soon as you get that and you go, okay, shoot, that my time's up here, I have to move. As soon as you get that notice, you need to go and start figuring out what the next job you want to get is because it is going to be easier for you if you just keep moving. Yep, absolutely. And I think it's important to note for a lot of people, when you're trying to make your career change, you might be focused on like, oh, well, I have to get, I want to ultimately be a developer, let's just say. And right now you're working as a retail worker. You know, you're working in retail as a retail associate, like stocking shelves and stuff like that. And you want to be a developer. A lot of people think that you have to straight line it from retail worker to a developer. I would go retail, tech support, dev skills, dev. Exactly. And you don't have to go right there. I mean, plenty of people do. You can absolutely teach yourself, take a course, do a bit boot camp, whatever, and then get hired. Absolutely. Start your own project, right? And get hired. People do it all the time. But the main thing when making these huge career transitions is just making that first leap, getting out of doing whatever it is that you're doing in a completely different industry. And getting closer to the one you're trying to be in. So I kind of like talked about it before in this podcast, but like I was terrible at accounting, right? I, I ended up getting hired as an accountant, right? Which is like crazy. How are you, how'd you get hired out as an accountant? But what I did was I went on like a vision quest, like for a little while, I literally was a bartender. I was living in North Carolina. I hated my life. And I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I had a degree. I didn't have debt, which I was lucky about. I was fortunate about that because especially since I worked all the way through college. So I was fine there, but I was like bartending. I was like, this sucks, man. And I was like, what am I going to do? And so I just took what little money that I had and I jumped into my red Mustang and uh, just drove the whole country for like three months. And then I ended up in California. Anyway, I was in California and I didn't have a lot of skills. I did have a banking job 
that I got right after college, but that job only lasted 11 months because I hated it because it boring bored me to tears. Terrible. I quit. I was like, I'm going to, I make way more money as a bartender, right? That was a $31,000 yeah. job that I was talking about. And I made double that as a bartender, if probably more. And, but I was sick of that, sick of that lifestyle. And so I went to California. And when I went to California, I was doing the same thing, right? I was like, I'm a bartender again. I've been a bartender for the past two years only. Nobody's going to hire me for anything. And so I just hired, I just applied to literally hundreds of jobs and any job that was even remotely what I bank wanted. money didn't matter. I, I, yeah, exactly. I banked a bank teller, accountant, which is what I ended up doing, a office manager, an office admin, an executive assistant, you name it. I just knew that I needed to get out from behind the bar and underneath a desk to get where you were trying to go. Exactly. And then the way that I got, I mean, I ended up getting that accounting job just because like exactly what we were talking about, which is like how to find a job backwards, which is like, I kind of had accounting skills, but they sucked obviously. Cause I didn't, get, I didn't stay on as an analyst there. But as soon as I found out that they were interested in hiring me or at least interviewing me, I read everything that I could about accounting, mm. right? Like I just went on the internet and I was just like, okay, well, how do I do this? Yeah. I just studied. Flashcards are a right? secret. So it's, it's the exact same thing, how to find a job backwards, right? It, and instead, like Jason Tugman kind of talked about it on on our episode and what he called just in time learning. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. I just figured it out. I don't know. Right. And and luckily I did because in the interview, he just he threw up some T accounts on the on the board. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, he threw up some T accounts on the board and he's like, Okay, just tell me what happens with this with this transaction. And I was lucky that I had studied because I was like, Oh, perfect. Hit, that goes here, that goes there. And then he's just like, all right. And we did, we did, we did a few of those different scenarios, more complicated. Word like problems. Yeah, we did, exactly. No, literally, like literally word problems. Wow. That sounds like hell. I would hate that job interview. Yeah. And then I got the job. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I didn't have experience really. We should talk about, uh, we should talk about that job in a different episode too. That's a good, it's a good story. Yeah. You learned a lot in that job from that, <laughs> from, uh, the guy that hired you. Yeah, definitely. Good dude. But yeah. That's the episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you guys like this episode, please, like I said, five, no more honest reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell Ryan that he is the best podcast host of all the podcast hosts and yep. that we are hilarious. Yeah. And then, no, but seriously though, guys, thank you for listening. If you guys have any feedback, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know there. Thank you so much for listening. And if you are trying to get a new job, if you're trying to make a career change, sign up for our newsletter at degreefree.co forward slash newsletter. And thank you for sticking with us through this episode, folks. Until next time, guys. Aloha.